Hey, it's Amber Smith. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Conscious Coach Podcast. I'm extremely excited for this episode today. On today's show, I'm going to be interviewing and talking with Megan Tierlink all about training the animal, which is basically the connection you have between your mind, body, and spirit, and how, not to, I, I almost want to say take control, but I think a better word is like knowing who's boss in your own life. And so many times, um, the conversation that you're going to hear us have, we talk about kind of the pitfalls of our own mind and how weak it really is and how we can take control back. And that whole conversation is about training the animal. So we talk about things like meditation, pushing our body to the limits because really it's our mind that's hitting the limits and so many other cool things. If you like Joe Dispenza's work, you're going to love this. Um, if you like Eisman Hoff's work, you're going to love this conversation because this is about training the animal. And we, we take this so many different ways, but I think you're really going to resonate with it. Um, if you are an entrepreneur, if you are just trying to reach your next level, if you're trying to be more mindful in your life, if you're trying to be more intentional in your life, you're going to love this conversation. And I quickly wanted to introduce Megan to you. Megan Tierlink is a yoga teacher and philosopher. She teaches yoga philosophy as well as like the actual practice. She teaches mindfulness and meditation, and I think she's an amazing life coach. So I think you're going to love this um, conversation. And without further ado, let's jump in. All right. Welcome to the Conscious Coach Podcast, you guys. Today, I have my dear friend and an amazing human. I am like so excited to introduce you. Many of you know her. Her name is Megan from Getting Mindful with Megan, and she has a podcast. She has a lot of amazing information we're going to talk about. Welcome to the show, Megan. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> um, you guys, me and Megan have been talking for a long time before we started recording because we have so much cool stuff to talk about today. Um, we're talking about training the animal. Megan, just take it away. <laughs> what do you oh, have? Okay. Like, I mean, it's like an epic conversation, but yes, that this is my mantra for life right now. I'm like so into it. I'm so excited. But I'll tell you guys a story. I'll tell you the backstory behind training the animal, this like slogan that I just keep saying everywhere and like believing in. The idea is like training the animal within. It's like that we all have this part of us that's almost animalistic. And that it needs to be almost laid on the altar. It needs to be taught to surrender, like a good, good dog, like laid down, right? Like sit down and, and obey. So one time I was at a meditation class, we had been fasting. I was on like 30 hours of fasting and we had been doing class all day, like learning about your mind and coaching a lot of stuff like that. And then around 6 PM that night, we started meditating and we meditated till about 3 a.m. We would take breaks. So like that sounds long, but we would take breaks in between each meditation and write and of stuff like that. But while I was in one of my meditations, I was really deep in the meditation. I had crossed through the analytical mind into it's called theta. They call it theta, but it's like this spot, you know, right before you fall asleep. Yeah. I had the theta brain waves. Theta brain waves. Yeah. yeah. So like we had, I had crossed into that and I could tell it was just very, very present. It's being very present. 
And um, what happened is I was sitting, I saw myself, this sounds totally weird. So just brace yourself. But I saw myself in this meditation and I saw myself sitting on like a rocking chair on my front porch. And I looked down into the right and there was a dog and it had two heads. <laughs> and like, honestly, like think of Fluffy from Harry Potter, yeah. except for both two heads. <laughs> it was the same idea, right? And I knew I had like this inner knowing that each head represented one head red represented my mind and one represented my body. And it was very clear to me in that moment that I was a very separate entity from my mind and my body. I was like my own intelligence, my own spirit. Right. And so I like see this dog. And then it was so weird because in real life, like where I was meditating, I hear a knock on the garage door and because we were meditating in a garage it's weird I know but there's a knock on the garage door and it's like 11 at night and so I don't know why but I had immediately like someone's shooting us like something's gonna happen like I wanted to rip my eye mask off I started to panic I felt anxious and that, that is an emotion I go to easily and so I went straight into anxiety and I'm sitting there and I I in mindfulness we talk about like a pause before you like do anything, like just pause and like give yourself like five seconds before you like react, you know? And so I paused for a second. And as I paused, I see this dog in my mind, like, right? Like this 200 dog get up and just start barking and going crazy. And so in my mind, I see that like, oh, this dog thinks there's a threat, but logically my higher brain knows that like, we're in Mesquite, Nevada. No one's coming to shoot us in this garage, you know? Yeah. And so I, I recognize in that moment that I can tell the dog to sit, that I can tell the dog, come sit down. Like there's no threat. So I say in my mind, like subconsciously to this dog that's <laughs> happening in my head, right? I say, sit. And the dog doesn't really listen because it's not trained to listen to me yet. It does whatever it wants. And so then I'm like, dog, sit. And the dog like kind of wanders over to me and I'm like, sit. And it, it finally sits. And then I say to the dog, like, there's no threat. Like we don't need to bark about things like that. We're in a meditation. So just sit down and let's do the meditation. And the dog sat. And then what I noticed was physically in real life, my body, the anxiety was gone. And I was like, oh, and you guys, like, I know this is just thought work, right? Like, this is like training your brain, but, but the visual was so powerful for me. And then throughout the meditation in meditation, you're meant to focus your attention until you get really present. And, um, my brain, I noticed started wandering like thoughts. And so I was in a different wavelength. I wasn't in that like really present place anymore. And when I came into consciousness of that, where I was like, Oh, I'm thinking random thoughts right now. I, imagined I saw this dog walk up to me and almost like nuzzle his head into my lap like attention attention give me attention almost like that brain chatter you know like I just need your attention and it's so used to getting my attention my thoughts get all my attention whenever I whenever I have them they get attention and I realized that I could tell the dog like you don't get attention right now we're meditating so I like was like we're meditating sit I'll pay attention to you later you're gonna sit and then so funny again in the meditation <laughs> I had been fasting and been so long and I was visualizing food. <laughs> like my brain was like food, right? Like, and that was like the body, like craving and hungering for food. And I realized I could tell the body, like, I'm not going to starve you. It's okay. You're going to wait a second. I'm your master. You can trust me. Like 
I'm the master over the dog, right? You can trust me. So go sit right now. We're focusing on meditation. We're focusing on this, this thought that you are focusing on right now. And so the dog sat and, and it happened multiple times over the meditation. And that's where training the animal was born because oh, yeah. yeah, I learned we have, we are meant to be the masters. Like our spirit is meant to be master over the mind and the body. And when we learn to train, not only do we feel better, but we can do things that we never thought we could do. Like I never thought I could fast that long. I mean, I fasted for like 38 hours or something like that, that time. I didn't think that was something that I would ever be able to, to do. I didn't think that, you know, I had that much power and that much and ability energetically to create and make and, and move things around me and within me. And so that's where I created training the animal. Dude, <laughs> I've never heard that metaphor, obviously, because it was like your own construct, but that is so good. That is so good. That's like the best way I've ever heard someone describe like the mind, body, spirit thing where your spirit's in charge of the mind and the body. It's like a, a two-headed yeah. dog. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so yeah. much. So I think about this relationship of like a master and an animal, it's dog, right? Like dogs can either be like so annoying and the biggest pest and the thing that like drives everybody crazy. You've met the dog, right? You know, that type of dog, they bark at everything. They're annoying. They don't have any control. They're always in your face drooling all over you. Or you can have a dog that's like a tool that guards and is like helpful. And like, like, so there's this relationship between master and the animal within that I think like in yoga, it's called yoking the mind, body, and spirit. Yoga actually translates from Sanskrit to English to mean to yoke. And so we're like harmonizing the mind, body, and spirit. And I think there's this relationship that can happen between your, your spirit or your higher self, right? Whatever you want to call it. And your mind and your body where the mind and the body are listening. They're trained to obey this higher brain, this higher self. And, um, I, I just finished reading, actually it was a while ago, but I read to my little girl, the book call of the wild. And it's about this dog sled dog and he has terrible masters and a bunch of the dogs die. They're, they're not well-trained. They do whatever they want. And then he gets, ends up with a different master. His name's John Thornton. And he like feeds his dog really well. He nourishes him. He, they like have this love, like he loves his dog he loves his mind he loves his body you know like you can think of it like that and so he takes really good care of this dog and they they great create this like loving relationship and then at the end of the book john thornton um bets that his dog can pull this like thousand pound sled by himself and the dog does it and it's because he was so trained and so loved like loved to listen and and surrendered to this man, but because the man was trustworthy, it was because he was a good master, you know? And so I think that there's this, this misconception where it's like mind, body, spirit, like I just need to do a little bit here and there. But I think really what it is, is like yoking the three so that they become tools to help you become instead of like the tool that cuts your own hand off. Like I personally believe we came to earth to get a body that would be a tool to help us progress. But for so many of us, it actually keeps us from progressing. Like when our appetites take over, you know, or, or like our mind, like it's a tool 
part of our body, but it's a tool to help us progress, but it doesn't always serve us when, you know, it's barking at silly things and distracting us and things like that. So when we can train the mind and the body, then it becomes these, this relationship and these tools that actually help us move forward and will get us where we're trying to go. Yeah. Well, and like that story that you're sharing was so relevant. It's, it's like the master loves the dog. It's not that we like kick the dog. We're not like trying to let the dog we're loving it, but we're in charge of the dog. Amen. So like, and you've seen it, like you've seen it with coaching. Like I've seen it coaching myself, but also like my clients where they want to change something. They want to train the animal a little bit, but they're mean to the animal and they kick it down and they don't take good care of it. They don't nourish it. They don't love it because they're like, something's wrong with you. You should already be trained even yeah. though it's never been trained you know <laughs> and it's, it's such like, a powerful I don't know. yeah train the animal you guys <laughs> let's love talk it. about what it actually means like how do you train the animal like let's talk tactics yeah so okay so this is kind of what I've come up with after that meditation I wrote down like what does this mean for me because after each meditation we'd have time to just write all our thoughts so for me I'm like okay what is training the animal look like how do you train the animal And I came up with like mind, body and a spirit way to train the animal for me. So for mental is thought work. I fully believe in like getting coaching and changing your thoughts, consciously being aware of what thoughts are swimming around in your brain and disposing the ones that are not serving you. I think of like, if your animal, right, is your mind, like taking the opportunity to be with that animal and know what it's doing and aware of like, if you just neglect the animal, like if you're like, Oh, my dog's outside. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Right. We need to be aware. We need to be conscious. We need to see what's going on in our minds. For me, that looks like becoming a fly on the wall to myself, almost Mm -hmm. like just watching what's going on and then seeing like what is serving me and what's not serving me when it comes to thoughts. So thought work, most of the people listening to this podcast are yep. just so they know all about. I think thought work's so big, but I think that sometimes people do thought work and then they miss two of the other aspects when yes. they, they leave out the body or the spirit. So for body, I think this is probably the biggest thing. It's like my biggest message is like, get uncomfortable, put your body, train your body to handle discomfort. Uh, one of my favorite thoughts is stay one minute longer. Like, whatever uncomfortable thing you're in, just stay one minute longer. And like, think about that sled dog, you know, like you're going to love, but you're going to feed it good. You're going to give it rest. And you're also going to push it. Like, we're just going to get it a little bit uncomfortable, find its edge and then push it a little bit further. Yeah. So like some ideas like fitness, I think that's why so many people love fitness is because it's one of the ways that they can train their body, you know? and, and train them, their body to listen and obey and everything. I think fitness, I think, um, cold water therapy is amazing. This is actually, I would say cold water therapy was one of the biggest things that helped heal a lot of my anxiety because I'd feel anxious. And then I go get in the shower and I turn it to ice cold. And I would tell my brain, you're only scared of a negative emotion. So let's just go jump right into one. And then I'd get cold. I'd force me to get present. Cause if you're that cold, you're just breathing and you get yeah. present. Yeah. That. You don't, you can't think about much else. You're not thinking <laughs> about anything. It really does. Like, you know, you can't really think 
greater than your emotional state. So like if mm-hmm. you're vibing in anxiety, then um, getting present's going to bring you back down. And then you can do the thought work on the anxiety. But a lot of times, like we try to thought work on anxiety when you're like really, really stressed. <laughs> like You're like feeling so stressed and so heavy. It's hard. We can't really thought work out of that. We need to get present first and then we can do the thought work. I think cold water therapy is amazing for that. Yeah. I think picking something hard, like fasting or, and like really fasting. I'm not talking no two meal, just food, you know, like, like. Yeah a full 30, 24 hour, 40 hour fast where you can drink water if you're going that long, but, but like really training your body, like you obey, but then also when you're training something, loving it. So like nourishing yourself, like nourish the body, like give it movement, give it good food, stillness, give it good food. Yeah. Give it good food. And same with your mind, like give it something hard to solve problems on, but also like give it some time where it doesn't have to solve any problems. Yes. Like give it rest. I, I think we have to be careful with mind um, yeah. because we all have social media and we like scroll so much, you know, because it's inspiring. A lot of times like you get on there and you get so inspired. It's like borderline inspiring, borderline addicting. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and so we have to be careful because our mind needs rest. And a lot of times when we think I need rest we go and we scroll but it actually is overstimulating your brain so it's not giving your mind rest so actually giving your mind like real rest which I've done some um research with my clients and with people I know and ask like how do you rest your brain and almost every single person is like like be outside like go out in nature just get present you know I think so practicing presence yeah. Well, and I love nature. Like one of the things that I think about all the time in society, like you see a lot of like boxes and like perfect lines and then you get out and, and it's like orderly. It's almost like, I don't know how to describe it, but it feels ri- almost rigid. And then you get on nature and there's like trees all over the place and rocks and there's not like straight lines. It's like all over. And there's this like, <sighs> like it's not perfect, but it, it's, it is, it's perfect, but not like the way that man creates perfect. Like when you look at like, a city like it's like rectangle rectangle straight line street perfectly you know the trees are perfectly spaced apart like stuff like that and then you go on a hike and it's like there's just mountains and trees and rocks it's like that breath of imperfection but like let your mind yeah yeah in the air totally like rest (laughs) your mind yeah and air like really like just I think that our society and culture has lost a lot of that like just reverence and like presence from nature and I think it's one of the most restful things for our mind and so making a like last night I just like was like my mind needed rest I was starting like to plan the new week and I was like you know I just want to rest today like and so I went and I laid on my tramp and like just like just laid there and my mind got real rest you know yep so then so that's mind and body there's more I could give you so much but spirit I when I think of this spirit because we're not really training the spirit as much as being with the spirit yeah. and like honoring the spirit and nourishing the spirit giving so it for space me, <laughs> yeah giving it space yeah so stillness any type of stillness I meditation I mean that's one meditation will train your mind your body and your spirit it has potential to train all of those but one way that meditation is very useful is in nourishing the spirit because it's just giving it space to be and to 
um, I think speak to you and to be with you. Another way to nourish the spirit, I believe is like any spiritual practices, like being in nature again, is very nourishing to the spirit. Mm -hmm. Um, journaling is very nourishing to the spirit and helpful to the mind. They all kind of go like, you know, they all kind of intermingle, but I think like prayer for me, like worship or, um, like I prayer journal (laughs) and that's very nourishing to my spirit. And any time that I connect with my maker is very nourishing to my spirit. One other thing that I think is going to be a little bit, maybe new information for people, but is one of the ways that's so nourishing to me is getting into that quantum energy and state of mind where like of limitless possibility, I think our spirits long to be in that energy, that type of faith, that type of belief where like anything is possible and so deeply present that we're connected with something greater than ourselves. And because we're connected with something greater, we're able to create things that have never been created. And I think that getting in that energy is so good for your spirit. It longs to be there. So giving it that I think is really helpful. And I love that. I mean, I have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen, but this would be good for people who are artistic, people who want to do things differently. Like it's not just about like creating business ideas. Like this could be about how you want to homeschool your kids or how you want to paint or like a nonprofit you want to start or a vacation you want to take or like the, a donation you want to make. Like there's just so many things that fit in there where you're like, like you said, like quantum energy of like just pure creative ability and possibility. It, there's, yeah, there, there's just like infinite amounts of things you can do with that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, this is it's so good. So like if someone was listening to this, Megan, and they're like, okay, like I want to train my animal, but like, what do I do now? (laughs) You gave them some ideas, but like, if you were just going to get started today, what would you tell someone? I would tell you to one, start a meditation practice. This is going to be hard for your animal. If you're anything like me, honestly, the reason I started doing meditation was because I needed it. I felt that like my, I'm like, like squirrel brain, honestly. And like, I move very fast and I like always thinking. And so I got into meditation a long time ago because it felt good to me to do it. But then it also feels terrible at the same time. It's kind of like working out. If you like, at first, it's just kind of terrible for a minute and then it starts to feel good. So just being honest with you, it might be uncomfortable at first when you start meditating. You're, and it doesn't your mean you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. Your dog, think about the dog, the tuna dog. It's not used to sitting still and doing nothing. It's not used to thinking about one thing, like plague of our generation. I'm just going to say it is like, un, dis, like unfocused, like inability yeah. to focus. Yeah. I it's watch one like, of my plagues. <laughs> I'm I watch like 18 year olds and they're like watching a movie and on social media, texting their friend and like, you know what I mean? It's just like all these things yeah. at one time and I'm like guilty of it in different ways, but I feel like, I feel like coming up, like it's, it's all over the place. Yeah. And it is going to create havoc internally in people's minds, I believe. So 
So learning and training your brain to focus. So this is a yoga. There's a guy named Patanjali. He's like the first place you ever hear about yoga philosophy, but he teaches about um, how to obtain like oneness with God. And he says that there's an eight limbed path to getting there. And so like the first path is pretty much like the 10 commandments of yoga. And then there's like the asanas, cause that's going to create awareness in your body and like create awareness of what's going on. And then there's breath work. So it's called pranayama. And then there's the next one's called pradyahara. And it's where we let go of all the senses around us. So if you're going to meditate, what I would want you to do is get an eye mask. It makes it so much easier turn off everything that will want to distract you. Maybe go away from your house, especially at first. Like I, for a long time, I still, I'm going to be honest, like meditating in my home is difficult because I'm always like, was that the, was that the washer that just went off? <laughs> like I'm like yeah, wanting like to get up. Kids in the other room. Kids, or, yeah. yeah. It's difficult, but, but it is like really good practice. Like if you do it at home, like don't discount at home. Cause it's like a really good training, but it just will be a little bit more difficult probably. Um, but difficult's not bad. We can do difficult. So get rid of all the senses though. Like try to turn off distractions. I use an eye mask. I think it's super, super helpful because it's easy to be like, you know, like where your eyes like flutter a little bit and stuff. And if your eyes are just shut and there's like black, I mean, we call it going into the black because you want to go to the black. So, so turn off distractions. That's what Patanjali said. He said, let go of the external senses or senses. And then he says, after that, focus on one thing. So you've probably seen it with yogis or like sages, like Buddhist, oh. Zen Buddhists. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yes. Oming, because they're just focusing on that one sound, right? Or like you've seen them like watch a, a candle, like stay, yeah. stare at like a flickering candle. Yeah. Well, there's um, that story of Buddha who just like looked at a flower for like the whole session and he's like, okay, you can go home. Exactly. So yeah. that's what Patanjali is teaching. He's okay. like, I want you to focus. This is called Diana. So you're going to focus and um, your brain's going to for sure, you guys, your brain will for sure not want to. It's <laughs> like, it's going to be like, ding, ding, yeah. you're done right. Like, <laughs> it's just what your brain does. And so what you're doing is you're going to train that brain. You're going to train your animal. Wait, nope. Come back. No, wait, come back. We're going to think about this. No, wait, come back. We're staring at this. No, wait, come back. And you're going to have to do that a lot. So there's like different brain wavelengths. So there's alpha, beta, theta, and delta. And alpha is when your brain's like thought, 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 yeah. thought, thought, thought. If you see it on a screen, it's like tons of zigzags, like crazy. And then there's beta, which is like thought, 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 thought. And it's going to be like a wave more of thoughts. And then when you cross from beta to theta, it's called um, crossing through the analytical mind. So you're stopping, you're stopping analyzing and you're moving into just like a really conscious presence, which is theta, um, where there aren't really any thoughts going on and you're just being. And then there's delta, which is sleep. Mm -hmm. So um, we want to try to get into theta when we meditate because it's the easiest place one to recondition the mind and to well, kids are in theta until like seven or something like six. Yeah. So super much. suggestible. They yeah. They just accept yeah. whatever you say. You, they accept whatever you say. So what's really cool is in a meditation, you can go in, get into that state of mind mm -hmm. and rewire some of those super pathways in your brain. But the idea is that, um, what happens is as you control your mind and you can bring your brain back and you're in that Diana state, 
that eventually after doing that, what happens is you switch over into theta mm. and it does work. You guys, <laughs> it does work. So, like, so what do you get? Into- no, what, what do you, you, you use? So I'm very, <laughs> I'm very spiritual. I, I will, I like the spiritual stuff. Like I'm, and I'm religious. So I focus on a picture of like, I visualize Jesus walking towards okay. me in my mind. That's like one of the ones I do, but you can literally do anything like, or another thing in, in, in my meditations that I teach and what I am using in my app is I, um, often ask you to think of a word that you want to, um, become one with a little bit like an energy mm-hmm. almost like an energetic intention and then um you'll focus on that focus on that focus on that until you go into that theta state of mind and now I'm gonna be honest though I'm gonna take as a truth like you know how you go work out and like some workouts you get like a really great workout in and you're like oh I'm so strong and then sometimes you go and you walk around the gym and you're just like okay, I'm doing that. That's the same thing with meditation. You're going to have days where you get into theta and you're like, oh my gosh, I just had this crazy download. Like I just had all this stuff come up for me. And I, you know, I felt so good. I felt so present. There's other times where you're literally just going to be training the brain the whole time. And you're just going to be like, come back, come back. And it, and you don't shift over, but it doesn't, it's useful because you're training your brain. So you just keep doing it. Just like I say, like, with the workouts, right? Like just keep going. Even if you have a couple of days of the week where you're not like having huge yeah. results, you just keep going. Yeah. And what I love about what we're talking about is it has, it's like one of those crossover effects. Like if you work on meditating, you're probably going to actually want to work out that day too. Oh, amen. <laughs> like, amen. It's so it just kind of, it's, or you're going to want to be a little kinder to your spouse, or you're going to want to yeah. post on social media for your business or whatever. Like I do think it's one of those, um, super habits. I don't, what does, uh, there's a word for it. You know what I'm talking about? Where it's like, when yeah. you do just this one thing, you'll also it do other compounds things. Yeah. into other things. Yeah, yeah, totally. I totally agree. So, so what happens is, so this is the path, right? So you go into external extent or we breathe breath work calms down your nervous system, by the way, that's why we do breath work before we start a meditation. Mm-hmm. It's going to just calm everything down. Um, it expands your cells. So it makes you actually physically more abundant, which is cool. And then, which makes it easier to get into that state. (laughs) (laughs) So then, um, literally like we're taking all these steps and then the next one is Daharna, which is meditation. Mm -hmm. So the way, you know, if you're like actually in a meditation or like really deeply in a meditation is, um, if three hours feels like three minutes, you know, you're in the one before where you're focusing. If three minutes feels like three hours, Mm -hmm. like it's you've, you've, if you've done meditation before, you'll be like, Oh yeah, I've done a meditation before where I just was like, Uh I was just feeling so good. Like it was so fast. It went so fast. And then there'll be times when you're like, that was the longest, most terrible thing of my life. Yeah. I've had both of those experiences. I remember (laughs) the first time I started trying to get into meditation. I was in, I was living in Colorado and like, I, I tried to meditate and then I like checked the time. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's been like two minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm not going to lie. It's super hard. It's so good for your brain to just like do that work, but it is difficult. So, but, but I, I would really encourage you, like if that, if, if you want to get started training the animals, start a meditation practice. Yeah. Another thing I would encourage is fasting. I yeah. feel 
Tell us more yeah. about that. I feel like not many people talk about that. Not intermittent, not intermittent fasting. Like a not lot of intermittent fasting. About, like fasting to train the animal. Yeah. So, okay. So again, I'm going to throw Jesus in here. Okay. Like oh, think it. about Jesus, the story of Jesus, right? Like he went into the wilderness and he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And while he fasted, he went to the wilderness to be with his father. So pretty much what he was doing was fasting and meditating. And he had to do that before this is Megan's speculation. PS. So there's something, take it or leave it, but I'm speculating a little bit here, but I think my perspective is that before he was able to start his ministry of creating and manifesting miracles, he had to first learn how to train that human part of him. He had a body yeah. still too, you know? Yeah. I love the story of Jesus for that reason, because like his life was about training the animal. He was like God, yeah. he didn't have to, but he yeah. chose to, like there's yeah. a lot of power in that. Yeah. So, oh yeah. So it pumps me up because I think about Jesus, like fasting and meditating for 40 days and 40 nights and how tiring you guys, if I could tell you one thing about that class where I fasted that long, and then we were meditating all night, I've never felt that level of exhaustion ever in my life. Like I have never (laughs) felt so mentally, spiritually, and physically fatigued and just, it was hard. It broke me. It was one of the hardest things I have ever experienced in my life, and you've but had in a really babies, good, so. powerful way. What was that? And you've had babies. I had natural babies. Yeah, <laughs> I pushed yeah. those things out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah it was. Something. It was really intense. Um, it was funny because I actually didn't know what I was going to before I went, and so I, I planned to go on a date with my husband that night at like five because I thought it was going to get over at like 5 p.m not 5 a.m and the girl's like oh no it doesn't get over till 5 a.m and I was like looking at my friend that was there and I'm like are you gonna stay like I've got kids at home you know and I was texting my husband I thought he'd be like come home he was the opposite though he's like you need to stay and so he like he was like you need to stay and I I'm surprised he said that I think he just knew how good of a thing it was going to be for me but yeah but he kept telling me like, you got to stay because I kept wanting to go home because I was so uncomfortable, Right. but it was so good for me. So yeah. Meditation. You're teaching the dog to sit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. We were teaching the dog. So this is really interesting at that class. I mean, these are these weird little things that make such a huge difference is um, she called it the sport of sitting. And so while we there, we were there, we had to sit in these wood chairs with like straight backs all day. And you had to have your feet flat on the ground and you couldn't crisscross them or anything. And there were teams. And if you like slouched or crisscrossed, they'd and blow the whistle because we're just, yeah. And then the other team would get a point. So you had to sit like that all day. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible, but in like the best way. Um, But it was good because we were pattern disrupting. Yeah. Like we have these patterns of just like how we sit even, right? And so every time they blow the whistle, we'd all be like, and we were, we were just disrupting that pattern. That's one way of training the animal. Right. And that's just like on posture, but, but showing your brain, like we can make changes, we can make changes, but it's going to be repetitive. It's yeah, going it has to be conscious. You can't just accidentally change your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That's so good. So for you, like, I mean, I know you coach your yogi. I mean, you, I feel like you live this way. What do you think? Like, it's, it's a big question, but like, what it's do okay. you want? What do you want more people to know in this regard? 
oh, <laughs> I have some thoughts on this. I want people to know you have so much more power than you think you do. If I could say anything, I would say, I would say accountability. Like if you're not getting the results you want, it's because of you. And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. It's just, you haven't trained the animal. You haven't done the work. There's, I love this analogy of freedom from versus freedom to the idea is like, you can choose the freedom from doing the work, but you don't get, then you get a lower level of freedom because then you don't get the freedom to have the result, right? It's like playing a piano. You can choose the freedom from playing, practicing the piano every day, but then you lose the freedom to be a concert pianist. That's yes. a lower level of freedom. You have lower level of agency. Yeah. So if you want more power, more agency, more ability to create, then we have to do the work to discipline and train the animal. And I like, when I use the word discipline, I synonym is train or yeah. teach, teach the animal, train the animal we have to discipline yeah. ourselves. Well, and I, so, yeah. And like, I think there's so much truth to what you just said. Like, it's like, you have a higher level of freedom when you use your agency to choose to do something hard. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think at least me, like I've fallen into this trap and I know a lot of my clients and a lot of people that I've worked with have fallen into this trap of thinking I should have this result. Why don't I have this result? Why don't I have what I want? And yeah. that should, should I just say, should they're always from down below, <laughs> you know, yeah. should, you know yeah. but, but, but you shouldn't like your blessings come right on time. You shouldn't have that result until you do the, do your part, you know, like blessings are predicated on laws and the law is like, you have to, you have to discipline yeah. yourself to be able to use power to create yes. and energy to create. And it's true for every area of life. Like yeah. It's true for your physical fitness. Like if you see someone who's super fit, it's because they obeyed some laws of not over yeah, their butts off. Yeah. Um, business, the same thing. Yeah. So, and I feel really powerful about the fact that every result is going to require you to be willing to do something that's a little uncomfortable. But then like one of the yoga words is tapas and it's learning to be comfortable with uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that's where the money is. Like when people can learn and when, when we can all start getting more comfortable in discomfort, that's where you're going to get results. Like, so lots of people talk about like, oh, like, you know, like ease getting there and it's going to be so simple like you can just love it the whole way and I think yeah that's totally true I actually agree that we can have ease on the way to our goals but I think it's going to be because we've trained the brain and the body to be okay with discomfort yeah. we have to train ourselves well and I think ease like the frequency of ease does not mean that your body is not experiencing discomfort. The yeah. best example is like, you're just gonna have to try this yourself, go take an ice bath or a cold shower, but don't leave. There's gonna be a moment, like Megan was talking about this earlier, but like there's a moment where you do shift into ease, but it's uncomfortable where you're just like observing yourself. This is the secret to the universe, I'm pretty sure. Like when yeah, you're like watching like it, yeah, like yeah. when you're watching it and you're like freezing, but you're, you're in peace. I spend yeah. about this all the time. I love that. Like, I love he's that. awesome. There's so much um, truth. And cause like, 
I feel like it's just a more extreme example. And why I love what you've talked about, Megan, with all the things that you've mentioned is you're putting yourself in scenarios to make this very extreme, but then you get to apply the principles and the lessons into daily life. So like if your toddler's screaming, you can still choose to feel ease because you know what it's like to choose that when you're freezing cold or like when your finances don't go as planned or when like bleep hits the fan, you Mm -hmm. can tap into peace because you did it in the meditation earlier. Like it's like a microcosm for the macro of your life, but you have to actually go into training. Yes, exactly. Yes. This is like, yes, you get it. So so now we're going to transition into talking about what you're going to do to help the world train the animal. I'm so excited, you guys. Okay. So I have created an app because, well, first of all, I made an app because I love the ease of an app. I love to just be able to get on and do it. So you guys are going to have an app. And what we're going to do on there is we're going to do coaching. We're going to get into your brain and actually start cultivating some awareness of what's going on in your brain. We're going to get conscious about why we're thinking the things we're thinking, what we're even thinking. And then I'm going to help my people in the app change the way that they're thinking and, and be able to make new neural pathways in their brain. We're going to make it even easier to do that work because that work is good work, but it can be difficult, especially when you have a really heightened emotional state, we're going to go in and make it easier by also meditating on the same topics that we're talking about in coaching. And so we're going to have every month, there'll be two meditations that drop and but there's also like a, a library of ones for specific things, but every month there'll be two meditations that drop with the topic that we're coaching on. And you can use those meditations every day to train your brain, one, to focus, train your brain, all the things we talked about, but also train your brain to create a new pathway on the things that we've been coaching about, which I think is going to be so important because here's the thing. You can create pathways by walking that, you know, the analogy of like the grass and like walking the pathway and then we're creating pathways with thought work. We can create those. You're going to have to walk it a crap ton of times, or we can do that work. And at the same time, go into a meditation, get you into a really heightened emotional state of feeling really good, like super good. I'm going to get you guys feeling just like so good about like, let's say you want to create something for your business. I'm going to have you visualize it as if it's done and everyone's buying all this stuff and things are going perfect. You get in this heightened emotional state and it creates a super pathway. So what's so cool is you don't have to walk it 50 million times because those super high emotional states are what creates super pathways. The reason, like an example of this on the flip side is like when something traumatic happens and it only has to happen once and now you have this fear pathway in your brain that has to do with that. It's the same thing, but towards things you want, we can get in a super high and emotional state and create super pathways, almost the opposite of trauma towards the things you want. And it only takes one time. So I'm gonna have you guys doing meditations and then Also, the thing I'm probably the most excited about is we're going to have bi-monthly challenges. So you can sign up for a challenge. Like one month is going to be called like fire and ice where I'm going to have you guys sweating every day, like some type of exercise, sweat every day, and then cold water therapy. There'll be prizes and tracking so that we can kind of like know how each other are doing community. It's going to be pretty so cool. What is it called? It's called 
getting mindful. <laughs> it's called the getting mindful app. And then it's like hashtag train the animal. Train the animal. I love it so much. When is it coming? Sitting in review of the app store right now. And that can take between about a week to three weeks. And then I'm going to start putting it out. So okay, we're hoping so by the time this episode time. comes out, it's either very close to coming out or it's already out which yes. is awesome. So where do they get in touch with you? Where do they actually, obviously in their app store? Yes. And so then go in the app store you? and just type in. Yeah. So go in the app store and just type in getting mindful and it should be the first one up there. And then, um, and it will be on Google play store as well. And then also you can find all the information at my Instagram, which is at getting mindful with Megan or my TikTok, which is the same getting mindful with Megan. Do you have a podcast? I do have a podcast. I love my podcast. You guys, that's where I talk like this. The, mm-hmm. the, this is my favorite place, but yeah, go hop on my podcast also called getting mindful with Megan. And it's on all of the major, um, platforms. Yeah. You guys need to get in touch with Megan. One of the things that I love about what you do is like, it's applicable no matter what you want out of life, yeah. because it's like a quality of life issue. Like, I feel like a lot of what I do is success focus, like holistic success, but this is like, who do you want to be while you're creating success? I feel like you have this solution. So I'm going to be talking about your app on my platforms because I feel like it's, it's helpful because like I can help with a lot of stuff, but I feel like this is like the daily micro, like we were talking about. It's so important, not just to like have a goal, but like, who do you want to be while you're achieving the goal? And how do you actually impact your quality of life? This is the how, this is the solution. So you guys need to get the app. It's very doable for everyone. And Megan's awesome. And like, you have such a unique way of talking about, like, hopefully you guys heard that today, like the yogi, like philosophy (laughs) for lack of like all the, what is it? How many paths or how many, um, the eight limbs of yoga. (laughs) Yeah. Like just so unique. Right. And even before we were recording, we were talking about what's coming out and you guys like, it's going to be so cool. Like she just gave you a little snapshot of what's coming. So definitely stay tuned because training the animal is a daily commitment. And I feel like having like the technology, like the technology and the community and almost like the, in your face, like, Hey, I'm on your phone, like tap in, like do it. Like it will actually help you do the work instead of just listening to a podcast and then changing nothing. So definitely get that. Yeah. I'm excited. I think one of the things I'm most excited about is there's just such a sense of accomplishment and like, just like a hit of good feelings when you actually do something that's hard. Yeah. And so like helping people have the opportunity to like do something that's hard, but in a safe way, like, like, cold water therapy or fasting or, you know, mindful mornings is going to be one of our challenges and like stick with something like you're going to feel so bad. A you're going to feel so good. It's going to ignite this like confidence in yourself and a sense of integrity that I feel like so many of us are lacking. And so I'm just excited for people to experience that emotion at the end, like just confidence. And like, I got this, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And ease and peace, but also like feeling motivated and like empowered, um, all of it. It's so good. Yeah. You guys definitely get in touch with Megan, Megan, any final words, any final thoughts that you want to share? Go train the animal. That's really it. Just go don't do animal. the work. I love that so much. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. You guys definitely get connected with Megan in the app. 
when it comes out or if it's already out when this episode comes out, depending on when you get it released. Go check it out. And thanks for coming, Megan. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay. Hey.